The views, opinions, and comments expressed by hosts, guests, and callers of this show are not necessarily those of this station, its parent company, Telesouth Media, its staff, management, or advertisers. Content of this broadcast cannot be duplicated or used in any way without the express written consent of Telesouth Media Incorporated. Now, join us for Advisors Roundtable with your hosts, Certified Financial Planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus. It's professional advice for your life. Welcome to the Advisors Roundtable, Certified Financial Planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus, right here with you on Super Talk Radio. So, Bubba, we talk about these statistics of people and their financial literacy and people having um, you know, financial plans and how we pat, we're patting ourselves on the back just last month mm-hmm. because the number went up 10%. Yeah. We gave ourselves a little credit there mm-hmm. that 30% of the people used to have a written financial plan. Mm-hmm. Now it's 33%. Right. Mm-hmm. Whopping 10% increase. Yeah. It has to be because of the advisors around sure people it is. and people yeah. like us in our profession, right? Mm-hmm. Why do you really think it is? Why do you think more people are uh, thinking or interested in a written financial plan? So I think that uh, the reason for the increase uh, there probably has to do more with the fact that um, the demographic of individuals who are out there working on a day-to-day basis are getting a little bit older Hmm. and probably have a, a little bit more as far as means go and they're beginning to think about these things, mm-hmm. and not as many people have died. And and and, and you make a lot of really good points there yeah. because I went back and looked at the, looked at those statistics, and it broke it down by age category. Mm-hmm. Most of the people under the age of fifty still don't right. have a written mm-hmm. financial plan. So in order for ten percent of the general population of adults to have gone up, the majority of the people between 50 and 70 had right. to realize, hey, I need mm-hmm. one. Sure. Now, obviously, we could go back and talk about, hey, if you had come to this realization 20 years ago mm-hmm. when you were 30 yeah. and you had a written financial plan. Yeah. So uh, we don't have any real statistics there, but our opinion, our mm-hmm. professional opinion, if you had somebody who had done it at 50 writing a financial plan, it will benefit them the rest of their life, right? Absolutely. Even if they start yeah. late. Absolutely. But if they had yeah. started early, how, how much yeah. more do you think it would have benefited them? So when we're, we're talking about uh, estate plans, really, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and I want to differentiate here between an estate plan versus a financial plan. Mm-hmm. A financial plan would also include your estate plan. So your financial plan is a bunch of stuff. It's a bunch of stuff. An okay. estate plan really just deals with, uh, you know, what's going to happen when you die or do you need trust set up? Do you need health care directives? <laughs> one component part. One component part of an overall. financial plan. Right. Now, I'm, I'm a big proponent and I try to encourage individuals to go get the estate plan done first. Okay. Right? And why do I say that or why do I do that? Uh, the reason why is because if they're going to attend to that, yeah. then they're also going to probably delve into the financial planning aspect, right? Yeah. It's a whole lot easier to do a financial plan if you've got a piece of it already done, Okay. right? right. So um, in, in encouraging individuals to go get uh, an estate plan done, mm-hmm. almost by default, they're going to be working with probably a financial advisor or whoever they're going to work with to okay. do the financial plan as well in conjunction along with it. 
So you th- you're thinking about the end of your life when you're talking about right. your estate plan, right? right? And you're probably not mm-hmm. intending for the end of your life to be today. Absolutely not. So now, you're thinking as a 30-year-old, yeah. it's going to be 40, 50, 60, yeah. 70 years out there. Mm-hmm. So, and the younger the individual, the better, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, young parents, right, uh, is a great time for them to begin thinking about this, okay. right? So, you know, mid, mid, early 20s, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. late 20s, 30s, whatever age you are, right. uh, you go get your estate plan done. Okay. But what else do you do along with that? Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. Seeing a financial advisor or a financial planner during that life life event that you've had during uh, the of working on the estate plan. right okay because i tell people all the time i would much rather see an individual when they're 20 years old as opposed to them coming in at 60 mm-hmm. uh and granted i want to see them all right, right. but if I, if I could have guided them and led them uh, down a couple of different paths when they were 20 mm-hmm. as opposed to you know basically doing triage mm-hmm. when they're 60 mm-hmm uh, then I, th- I feel like it, it lends to a much better plan and a much better outcome overall. Yeah, and I was having this conversation with somebody in an elevator one day. Okay. He's like, you know, what do you do? And I said, well, I'm a financial planner. And he said, well, I've, or, you know, I, I don't know about that. All y'all want to do is just make money off of my mm-hmm. money. I said, well, let me ask you this question. If you had a financial planner who was actually in your corner, Mm-hmm actually an advocate for you, a fiduciary for you, actually somebody that you had hired to be on your team. Right. So do you think, and he he looked to be about 35 Mm -hmm. years old. I said, do you think if you had somebody like that with you, helping you making financial, make financial decisions, buying a car, getting a will, Mm -hmm. how much life insurance, talking about taxes, maybe Mm -hmm. to invest. Do I have a Roth or do I put the money in my Mm -hmm. 401k? All of these things, maybe you talk this over with this person who's in your corner. Right. I said, over the next few years, do you think that would have made much of a difference? Well, if I could find somebody like that, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, you're I'm looking at I'm standing right here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, because I think one of the reasons that keeps people from jumping into this financial planning thing, and so, you know, you got 33% of adults who have a written financial plan. That means you got 67% who mm-hmm. don't. Those 67% who don't have a financial plan are not stupid people. Right. They're not bad mm-hmm. people. And one of the reasons they haven't decided to get a financial plan is maybe because they don't know, the, first of all, where to start. And secondly, they're afraid that when they do start, somebody's going to talk them into something. That's right. Somebody's going to try to sell them something. Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to try to start using words they don't understand mm-hmm. or bore them with economics or, mm-hmm. or accounting or whatever. And so they just say, to heck with it. Right. I had a conversation a couple of weeks ago with my general practitioner, go in for my, you know, every year, once every mm-hmm. seven year <laughs> uh, physical exam. So it's supposed to be, it's supposed to happen every year, but you know, it didn't. And so uh, I'm trying to become better and I'm having a conversation with him about how many people actually come see you once a year. He said, oh, you're doing good once every seven years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. compared mm-hmm. to everybody, you shouldn't. Do it that way. You ought to come in once every Mm -hmm. year and we ought to look at your blood work and we Mm -hmm. ought to weigh you and we ought to listen to your heart and we, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, But I I say, well, why don't you think people do? Well, they think that I'm going to stick them with a needle. Mm -hmm. People are afraid of needles. Right. 
Secondly, they're afraid that I'm going to use some terms mm-hmm. that they don't understand, some yeah. big Latin words. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're afraid I'm going to put them on medicine. They're afraid it's going to cost money. Mm-hmm. So in that industry, people have this litany of reasons why they don't go to the doctor, let alone yeah. why they don't have a written financial plan. So we're going to talk today about these written financial plans and take the mystery out of it from the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk. Welcome to the Advisors Roundtable. Thanks for hanging in there with us. Cooley uh, and Labus financial, uh, certified financial planners uh, having conversation with you about financial plans and trying to take the mystery out of it. Now, now Bubba, we, we talked about the fact that maybe one of the reasons people don't have these financial plans is because, you know, it uh, uh, seems like somebody's going to sell them something. It also seems like it may be expensive. It also seems like there may be some discipline and some lifestyle changes required. I think that's and, the uh, probably the key point that you just made, some really? discipline and some lifestyle changes that might be required. How much? I, you know, if you start young, not much. Really? Yeah. Just start doing it right from the beginning? Yeah, absolutely. Now, what would you say doing it right means? Start with the plan? Start with the plan. Okay. Now, um, you indicated earlier that this plan has multiple parts. Yep. Mm-hmm. You start with the estate plan. If I die, this is what I want to have happen. That's one of the easiest places to start. But that seems to be one of the hardest ones because you're talking about death. Well, and, and people don't like talking about death. No, they don't. Right? But it's, it's going to happen. Right. Right, so hopefully let's, later rather than sooner. Yeah, and maybe we can talk about it now so mm-hmm. that we can kind of control yeah. some things yeah. that would mm-hmm. result from my death. Right. Right. I, I I always say this to individuals. I say, uh, would you rather decide what happens to your your uh, your family and your belongings, mm-hmm. or do you want a court to decide that? Mm, good question. Right. So we'll start with that, mm-hmm. and maybe start from the top of the mountain. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And then work our way back to getting there. Sure. So hopefully when we pass away, if we start when we're 30 and we don't intend to die until mm-hmm. we're 90, that's 60 years, uh, we would anticipate if we're writing the estate plan at 30 for what you you guys may read mm-hmm. when I'm 90, uh, I'm going to fantasize that I've got a lot of money. Yeah. But uh, so uh, you don't need to fantasize that you're going to have a lot of money, mm-hmm. right? Really? So in with this financial plan, right, we're going to start talking about catastrophes, okay. right? Mm-hmm. So what's a catastrophe? You, mm-hmm. you predecease, you, you die early, right? Well, I don't get to 90. You don't get to 90. Mm-hmm. But if you're adequately insured mm-hmm. for the things that you need, mm-hmm. then you may have $2 million worth of life insurance, mm-hmm. of term life insurance, right? Mm-hmm. At, maybe at age 30. Okay. Maybe you've got a million dollars at age 30 mm-hmm. of life insurance, right? Mm-hmm. So immediately, if you die, you've got a million-dollar estate that you need to deal with. So I haven't necessarily had to save a million dollars. But what about over time, right? Because that's the point that we want to get you to, Mm -hmm. that you're self-insured. Okay. So over time, Mm -hmm. your need for life insurance may go away, but Mm -hmm. your savings and investments and that sort of thing have grown. Mm -hmm. So maybe you've still got a million-dollar estate at the time of your death. Okay. It just matters when when is it going to happen. Okay. You know? Whether I've saved it or whether I'm insured for it, right? I can be thinking in my my estate plan that I'm going to be a millionaire. That's right. Okay, mm-hmm. but while you've talked there, you've talked and covered two or three parts the other of the other right. parts of mm-hmm. my financial plan. I have. 
Because you started with the estate plan. It all ties together. Okay, so if I was doing the estate plan and I'm thinking about, well, you know, Bubba was right. I probably am 30 years old, have one or two kids and a spouse and make decent money and they're mm-hmm. de- uh, dependent on that money, uh, that income. I do need a million dollars, so now I get to insurance. Is mm-hmm. insurance, uh, insurance planning one of the parts of my financial plan? Absolutely it is. Okay. Now I'm not just going to cover life insurance. In there, You're right? not. No. So if we're sitting down having a meeting mm-hmm. about my insurance plan, what's going to be in that? You're going to have uh, life insurance. Mm-hmm. You're going to discuss uh, disability insurance, which I think, you know, I can't tell you how many people are woefully or not covered at all for disability insurance. Especially 30-year-olds. And the likelihood that you're disabled is much higher than actually dying. That's exactly right. right. Yeah. So during your working years. Yeah, yeah, because we're, we're looking mm-hmm. at the statistics here mm-hmm. for this 30-year-old we're using right. in our mm-hmm. example, and the numbers say mm-hmm. that between now and the next 30 years, right, he or she has so much more of a likelihood of some yeah. kind of disability. A, a higher statistical likelihood of you being disabled as opposed to dying before your retirement age. And your grandmother would have been very mm-hmm. unhappy with you if you didn't have some life insurance for those babies. That's right. Mm-hmm. So if I need life insurance, yeah. I probably need some disability insurance too. Right. Absolutely. So in this insurance discussion, I've covered life insurance. Disability, disability insurance. insurance. What are the other types of insurance to you, that you need? Mm-hmm. Right? So homeowner's insurance, mm-hmm. uh, auto insurance. Mm-hmm. You may need a, uh, I talked with an individual the other day about an umbrella policy. Okay. And what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we could even uh, go down the road of health insurance. Mm-hmm. Are you adequately covered there? Right. Even to the point of pet insurance. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. What is an HSA? Right. All of those mm-hmm. things. That we, you need to talk with somebody mm-hmm. who is in your corner, not trying to sell you something today, right. but somebody who's trying to help you. Right. Now, unfortunately, uh, all of these things cost money, right? And the way they're designed, there's generally a commission associated with the sale on each and every single one of those products. That's the way that industry works. That's the way that industry works. Yeah. And so, how do you get around that? Or well, I I would say this. Understand uh, it. You know, uh, not everything in this world is free. Mm -hmm. And if you want something, you're going to have to pay for it, right? You go to Walmart and Mm -hmm. you buy a, a, a package of Snickers, right? Right. There's a number of folks making money on that that package of Snickers. Are you mad at them? Are you, yeah. Are, are you, you glad it's yeah. available and you get to taste it? Because who's making huh? money on it, right? Uh-huh. Well, the, the raw manufacturers of the chocolate that yeah. go into the, the components. And the nuts and the caramel. And the nuts and, and the that. caramel and all that kind of stuff. Probably right. the plastic company that wraps all that together. Snickers, the company itself that mm-hmm. makes the candy bar, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The trucking company that ships it yep. to Walmart. Yep. Walmart who sells it to you. So don't right? get holier than thou about yeah. somebody making money off your exactly. transaction. It, it's the way our economy and our world is set up. Now, I don't want you to be I don't want to pay $100 for a Snicker bar. No, 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 no. That's exactly yeah. right. Right. But if it's reasonable mm-hmm. and it's what I need and want, mm-hmm. then there's profit all along the chain. That's right. Right? Mm-hmm. And the same thing is true in insurance. Sure. Now, there may be, if you find somebody who's in your corner mm-hmm. that can help you shop it. Right. And somebody that can help you make a decision about what's best for you in your circumstance, mm-hmm. there may be ways for you to save. Right. Right? 
but that is a very important. I, I think you also make a, a good point along with all of that example uh, uh, that helps determine and explain why so many people don't have financial plans, mm-hmm. and that is the cost. Yeah, the cost. Yeah, you know, or or the um, I don't want to say elusive. The, the the clouded way in what in which financial the financial industry is paid or compensated. Yeah, I'm gonna get back to that mystery thing yeah. in a second, but let's just talk about what you've done to me so far. Mm-hmm. You started me out at 30 years old, and I didn't have any of this in order. But you know, I right. get uh, I go to Sunday school and start feeling guilty or yeah. whatever, mm-hmm. and so I realize I do love my spouse and my kids. And I do want to have all this put together, so I come to you. You tell me I need an estate plan. Well, I'm going to have to pay for that. Yeah. Probably an attorney is going to have mm-hmm. to do that will, power of attorney, and health directive, right? right? And then you tell me I need to talk about life insurance, mm-hmm. and I need to talk about disability insurance, and I need to really analyze all those other property and casualty insurances I have in my life. And do I need to have an umbrella policy mm-hmm. because of the kind of activities I have in my life and the, and the kinds of assets that I own, and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Bubba, we haven't even gotten past the first 30 minutes here, and you've probably cost me a few hundred dollars. If not more, right? So many you, people run. Many people run. And we've only gotten through two component parts of your financial plan. Maybe because they don't have the, the $100 every month that it's going to cost to pay for all these insurances. Mm-hmm. Or or 300 or whatever the dollar amount mm-hmm. is, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so what comes next, right? Yeah. Probably that dreaded B word that we like. We like calling a spending plan. Other other folks would know it as a budget, right? Yeah. And that's that's probably where the biggest pain point comes in for most individuals. Really? Because they've got to discipline themselves and live within a, a certain budget. Right. And yesterday, I didn't have any of this guilt. Yeah. Yesterday, I wasn't thinking about mm-hmm. this. Yesterday, I was in charge of my life. Yesterday, I could spend these mm-hmm. mon- this money in my bank account any way I wanted to. Yep. And now here you have, you've thrown the guilt mm-hmm. trip on me. Again, why I like dealing with very young individuals. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if they're coming out of college, coming out of high school, getting their first job, mm-hmm. yeah, they've got to have a certain amount of money just to live and, and make ends meet and that sort of thing. Right. But they haven't had it before. And there's a thing called uh, lifestyle drift, right? Okay, what's that? Basically, the more money you make, the more money you're going to spend. Ooh, is the way that works. Yeah, the so, more more of a sinner you become, yeah. the deeper you get in yeah. sin. Is that exactly. what you're saying? Exactly. Okay. <laughs> so you know, if you start off initially, right. uh, you go to work somewhere, and you've got a certain uh, amount of income coming in. Let's say you graduate college at State, Ole Miss, Southern uh-huh. Mississippi, wherever. And, and you got fifty thousand dollars a year coming first in. First job, mm-hmm. and your grandfather's yeah. so resentful because yeah. he had to work for thirty years to make fifty grand. That's right. But the dollar was different back then. Sure. But whatever, you you make fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Why not begin budgeting like you're going to make forty thousand dollars and send another ten thousand dollars a year to your savings, to your, uh, you know, uh, emergency fund, whatever it may be. Paying for these insurance. Paying for these insurances. Right. Yeah. Right out of the back, mm-hmm. uh, right out of the gate, right off the right. bat. Just do it right from the very beginning. I, I think a good rule of thumb for most individuals is to use about 20% of your income to cover your long-term planning needs. 20%. 20%. And whether that be in savings, whether it be an emergency fund, whether it be in investments, whether mm-hmm. it be, uh, I would probably tack on a little bit more for insurances mm-hmm. on top of that. Mm-hmm. 
but 20% needs to go to you. You need to pay yourself first. So a lot of people are listening to this and they'll say, see, you proved mm-hmm. my point. I'm one of those 67% yep. without a written plan mm-hmm. because you just talked me in. Out of $10,000. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You proved it's mm-hmm. too expensive. It's not. And we're going to come back and we're going to explain that to you from the Advisors Roundtable. Welcome to the Advisors Roundtable. Thanks a lot for hanging with us here at Super Talk Radio. Cooley and Labus, certified financial planners with you, talking about this mysterious thing calling called uh, written financial plan. So we've worked through this part called uh, estate plan, mm-hmm. maybe, and maybe the uh, insurance Right. Uh, plan. Uh, I would call it, it catastrophe planning. All right. And then the next one you alluded to earlier was this cash flow management mm-hmm. spending plan budget. Right. Where do you start? Well, I, I think it's uh, a good idea to start on a budget with how much income you have coming in. Right now. Right now. How much income do you have coming in? How much in? is flowing through your mm-hmm. hands? Right. Is this going to surprise some people? I think it would would to a degree. Okay. Yeah. All right. Because some people have money coming in mm-hmm. from their income. Yeah. They have money coming in from their spouse's mm-hmm. income. They may have gifts coming in mm-hmm. from family members. You yeah. know, grandma gives me five thousand dollars yeah. every year. Right. And thanks they, a lot, grandma. They may have monthly benefits that they don't even remember. Right. Oh. oh. Uh dad or granddad still paid money on the gas card every month uh, or or they pay a cell, bill. cell phone bill okay. right all right uh maybe they have a rent yeah. house on the side if uh and and if your granddad or parent and you're still paying those things for an adult child maybe it's time to take note and say yeah. is that something i really want to continue doing especially if they're yeah. 40 right mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know right so uh but that's a different family discussion sure so we start with how much money is flowing through. We just mm-hmm. we don't make this extremely uh, uh, no. uh, mysterious or complicated, yeah. right? How much is coming in every month? All right. And write it down. Write, write down, it down. That, those yeah. numbers and mm-hmm. total them up. Yep. And let's say that that totals up to four thousand dollars. Okay. Your pay five six seven hundred dollars mm-hmm. a week, and her mm-hmm. pay five six seven hundred dollars a week, and maybe three or four hundred dollars from other sources. Right. And you add all that up, and it's four thousand mm-hmm. dollars. You know, you had four thousand dollars a month, right, coming through your sticky little fingers. Mm-hmm. So then, on the other side of the page, what do we write down? How much is going out? Okay. How much is your mortgage payment? How much is your car payment? How much is your electric bill? Your water bill? How much are you paying on food? Mm-hmm. How much are you paying on entertainment? Ooh. Right. Ooh. Uh, how much are you paying for clothing? Mm-hmm. How much are you paying uh, for vacation? How much are you paying for these insurances that we just talked to you into buying? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Now, when we do this, hopefully, mm-hmm. you've got a surplus at the end of that. The difference between what's on the yep. left-hand side mm-hmm. of the page, what's coming in, mm-hmm. and what's on the right-hand side of the page, what's going out. Now, many times, does this surprise people? It does. Yeah. Many mm-hmm. times, people don't realize how much they're actually spending on a monthly basis. So, uh, we've had people mm-hmm. say... I've got four thousand mm-hmm. coming in, and for the life of me, I've written down everything I think I spend, and I'm spending twenty nine hundred. Mm-hmm. Where's eleven hundred dollars going? Yeah. And they look at you and me, right, and ask right. us. And like, then I, I look just and I can you. say, well, <laughs> you've got six hundred going to Amazon, mm-hmm. and you've got another, you know, uh, five hundred going to fast food restaurants. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Now, there's where you say the rub is. Mm-hmm. The math is not the rub. The list making is not the yeah. rub. The rub is when I find out mm-hmm. where things are actually going. That's right. And what I'm actually doing, the rub is, mm-hmm. am I going to change that? Yeah. Is it worth it for me to change that? It's up to you, you know? Do you think it's worth it? Mm-hmm. Do you want to retire comfortably or do you want to eat cat food in your retirement? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or do I want to have have to? Mm-hmm. Now, some people, they do it because they love to. Right. But do I want to have to be working when I'm 85? Mm-hmm. Right. Hmm? Some people walk into your office and they're 65 and say, Bubba, can I retire? And you look and say, you still have a mortgage? Mm-hmm. Still have a mortgage when you're 65. Do you want that? Still have car payments. Mm-hmm. You, you still have other obligations that you have to meet on a monthly basis. Mm-hmm. Now, are we making fun of people here? Uh, not making fun of uh, because life happens, mm-hmm. and that's the, uh, that's the way it goes. Mm-hmm. Again, that's why I say I would rather meet with an individual who is in their early 20s, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. Uh, so that we can work them along this path so that they can be uh, well-prepared and successful in their retirement. And do you want life to happen to you or you want to happen to life? Right. I mean, really, Mm -hmm. if you start early uh, enough along, you can strategize some of this and some of this stuff won't happen to you. Correct. Right? Yep. If we figure out where the money is going, we can stop the bill collectors from calling you. Yeah. Wouldn't that be worth it? Mm Mm-hmm. Just a couple changes here and there? Wouldn't that be worth it? Mm Mm-hmm. We've run the numbers for people. You know, if three days a week... Only three out of seven. But if three days a week, you will brown bag it from home. Mm -hmm. You know how much money you can have in 20 years? Sure. We've run the numbers. Mm -hmm. It could be $50,000. Right. Let me say that again. Three days Mm -hmm. a week of brown bagging it from home. So let's say that today, Bubba, you brown bagged it from home and you're going to eat lunch today out of a bag you brought from home. What would you have made? If today I told you, hey, Bubba, make your lunch today from your house, what would you have done? A few yeah. cold cuts, what would you have done? Maybe maybe a ham sandwich, maybe a peanut butter and jelly, mm-hmm. and a piece of fruit. All right, so how much would that have cost you? I don't know. To put the stuff in the bag. Including the price of the bag, maybe a buck? Mm-hmm. Buck 50? Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you two. Okay. Two dollars. Two dollars. I think you can do it for two dollars out of your house. Now, a lot of people are are yelling back at the radio Mm -hmm. or back at their their device. They're listening to us on the podcast Mm -hmm. right now. Ain't no way. Well, what would Bubba have had? He he would have had a couple slices of bread. Some peanut butter and jelly or some ham. Yeah. Right? Or turkey or whatever you want. Yeah. And an apple. And an apple. Okay. I'm telling you, he can do that Mm -hmm. for less than two or three dollars. Right. Including the bag. Mm-hmm. But we're going to say that it's $2. So three days a week out of seven. Mm-hmm. So four, I'm still going to let you do it your way. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. But three out of seven, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you're going to brown bag it. Mm-hmm. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, you pick the three. Okay. And you're going to brown bag it. $2. What am I usually spending? What do you usually spend on lunch? If today I told you, hey, Bubba, this is a challenge. You do it for 2 or $3 from home. What have you saved? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be um, um, quite conservative here when I say this number mm-hmm. because I think it's higher than this. Mm-hmm. 
I'm going to say a minimum of $10 okay. for lunch when you go out to eat. Okay. So it was 10 and yep. now it's two or three. Right. Let's say you're mm-hmm. saving eight bucks. Yep. Times three. Mm-hmm. That's $24 yep. a week. Round it up, make it $25 a week. $25 a week. Because yep. we got to include the gas yep. for you to be sitting mm-hmm. there in that drive through. Yep. Right? Idling, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're gasoline idling there while you're sitting at the Taco Bell. Nothing against Taco Bell or the McDonald's or the Kentucky Fried Chicken, where, wherever your, your favorite is. While you're idling there, it's costing you mm-hmm. something. Right. If you're brown bagging at work, you ain't spending no gas. Right. All right. But we're not even putting that in the equation here. $25 mm-hmm. a week, which is $100 a month, yep. a little bit more than 100 because we got those fifth Sundays in there every mm-hmm. now and then, right? All right, so that's uh, $1,300 a year, something like that. Yeah. $1,300 a year. Times 30 years. Right. $162,000 at an 8% interest rate. Say that again. $162,000 just by brown bagging your lunch three days a week. Is that unreasonable for us to ask? I don't think so. Is it unreasonable okay. for you to think you can do it? I don't I don't think it's unreasonable at all. I mean, when you go to the doctor mm-hmm. and the doctor says, hey, here are the pills, Phil. Mm-hmm. Our executive producer, yeah. Phil's sitting over there. You know, he's Daddy Warbucks, so we're preaching his gospel mm-hmm. here. So he's shaking his head at it. But if he goes to the doctor and the doctor says, hey, Phil, here is this cholesterol pill, and I need you to take it every day at noon. Mm-hmm. Has the doctor put any kind of real restrictions on his lifestyle? No. Is the doctor in charge of his life? Mm. Is the doctor insulting him? No. No. The doctor's telling him something that's for his mm-hmm. good. So here, three days a week can be over hundred and fifty grand in 30 years? Sure it can. Are you telling me the truth? I am. It's math. A hundred and fifty thousand dollars or more. Yeah. If I'll brown bag it three days a week. Now, here's the other part of the discipline. I got to take that twenty five dollars a week and I got to send it in and invest it. Right. Because I was spending it anyway. And not spend it elsewhere. No, sir. Mm -hmm. No, sir. Because it was leaving your wallet. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it was going to be gone. Why can't it be gone in a good way? And now, and I would say that by that comment, we just made every restaurant ma- owner mad, right? <laughs> but I know for a fact, no, that the, no. you know people are not going to start brown bagging three yeah. days a week. They ain't going to do it. I'm just making. <laughs> there may an be example. one out of a thousand that might do that. Yeah, and if you're yeah. listening to me and you will do it, mm-hmm. I want you to send me a text, an email. Mm-hmm. I I, I want to meet you. Yep. I really do. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the guy who's on the radio and he's talking about, you know, doing what the doctor says and actually getting an exercise plan. Yeah, people are like, yeah, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. But they ain't getting up in the morning and putting tie in the shoes. Right. I really believe you can do it. Mm-hmm. I want you to do it. It's one of the reasons I'm in business is to help people. So we're going to go into this break and people are kind of shaking their head. No, I know they are. But I'm going to give you some more advice about how to make this less mysterious from the advisor. Thanks a lot for hanging in there with us at the Advisors Roundtable, Certified Financial Planners, Bubba Labus, and yours truly, Greg Cooley, with you. So we've been talking about we need, we need to have this written financial plan and why people don't and the component parts 
I mean, one p- reason I think they don't, Bubba, is as you said, this industry can be mysterious. It's almost like you know the uh, I, and I keep picking on the healthcare industry. They got a lot of really really complicated sounding words and mm-hmm. concepts yep. in healthcare, mm-hmm. right? Interstitial cystitis. Right. I don't know what the heck mm-hmm. that is, but it sounds impressive. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the same thing is true with the financial world sometimes. I think that it is uh, very complicated and very complex, mm-hmm. and uh, that it is, is very important for, for individuals and consumers to find an advisor that can relate to them. Okay. And explain things in a way that they would understand. Okay. All right, so that's one of the things yep. I'm going to be looking for mm-hmm. in somebody helping me with this financial, this financial plan. plan. Correct. So we're starting with the estate plan mm-hmm. with this person yep. because we trust them and we think they're right. on our mm-hmm. on our side. And then we're going to the insurance plan mm-hmm. and then we're going through the spending right. plan and cash flow management mm-hmm. and stuff. We haven't even gotten to investments. Or tax, mm-hmm. or uh, retirement savings, or education savings. I mean, there's so many different facets and parts that mm-hmm. go into a financial plan, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And every one of them has their mm-hmm. own nomenclature. Right. Their own terms. Yep. You know, yield. Mm-hmm. And net asset value. Right. And whatever else, right? And I, I think if we got to the point today where we had people just at least considering getting a financial plan, getting a will and a state plan done, yeah, reviewing their insurances, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. Uh, talking to somebody about a, a budget or creating their own budget, mm-hmm. and begin saving for an emergency fund and putting money in a in a four hundred one k, yeah, I think they are well on their way. I think you. I think you're yeah. right. If we got a thirty year old who's mm-hmm. actually out there listening a little bit, right. if you just brown bag it. Once a week, right? I'm mm-hmm. so proud of you. Yeah, I really am. Mm-hmm. And if you will do the 401k at three percent, right? Just start mm-hmm. there. And if you will sit down and say, you know, hey, darling, how much are we spending on insurance? We don't have any life insurance. Mm-hmm. If you'll just have that one conversation, sure. mm-hmm. it can help. Yeah, because I'm not guaranteed tomorrow, am I? You are not. So this mysterious thing about this industry, is it on purpose? I don't think it's on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that maybe for some individuals it might be on purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were having this conversation earlier uh, before the show started about the negative connotation that uh, the financial industry gets. Mm-hmm. And, and I think generally out there you've got uh, one bad apple out of, you know, 30,000, right? Right. But they're the ones that get all the press. The Bernie Madoffs. The Bernie Madoffs of the world. The, the Blankman Freeds of the world. You know, the, the uh, you know, anybody who has been portrayed in a negative light or done something bad in the, in the industry. Right. People remember bad things more than they remember good things. Yeah. Right? That's right. Um, so for that, I think that... Uh, the financial services industry gets a bad rap. Yeah. When I think generally it's really the exact opposite of that. Okay. All right. So I think that generally, you know, whether you're an agent and you're out there selling things on a commission, mm-hmm. 
you're still doing so in what you think is going to be in the best interest of the client, mm-hmm. right? You should be. 99% of the time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the other 1% of the time, you've got somebody that mm-hmm. is probably not going to be in business very long, right. truthfully. And I think that's one of the concerns that the general populace mm-hmm. has. It's just going to be my luck. I'm going to get Mr. 1%. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get the wool yeah. pulled over my eyes yeah. about disability insurance because mm-hmm. I don't understand the difference yeah. between short-term and long-term. Mm-hmm. I, and, and I think a way to combat that is to ask these financial professionals, mm-hmm. how are you paid? Okay. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and if they're willing to come right out and tell you exactly how they're paid, mm-hmm. then they've really got nothing that they're trying to hide from you. Right. You know? Uh, and uh, I, I enjoy that conversation. All right. What about this part? Yeah. Somebody looks at you and says, let me see your will. Mm-hmm. Do you? Absolutely, I do. Really? Yeah. I think my will is probably one of the best wills out there. <laughs> You're proud of it. I'm proud of it. It's a work yeah, of art. It is. Uh, <laughs> because I'm kind of nerdy and I, yeah. I, geeky about this stuff. Right, 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 right. You know, I put a lot of thought and effort into it and uh-huh. worked with an attorney on it and, uh-huh. and, and all this kind of stuff. Now, do you let people see the numbers or you redact that? I mean, you, you change know, some things in there. Most of the time in a will, there aren't numbers in it. It's just done by percentages. Good point. Unless there's a specific bequest, I want to leave $10,000 to my church mm-hmm. or, you right, know, right. $100,000 to, to the human fund. Private, right. But most of the time, yeah. it, it's pretty general, mm-hmm. right? Right. Uh, and even the copy of my will, I mean, I, I've got probably a number of them floating around out there, but I've got copies that have been redacted and I've, I've blotted out the names to protect the innocent. Got you. Uh, other ones I'm not so worried about. And I just, here's my will. Look at it. See if you like it. You know, something that you, uh, some of the provisions in it. So that's another question you can ask mm-hmm. somebody if you're trying to figure out whether they're in your, mm-hmm. in your corner or not. Yeah. Number one, how are you paid? Mm-hmm. And number two, uh, have you done this yourself? You've done this yourself. Right. Yeah, I've got a will. Mm-hmm. I've got life insurance. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I, and I feel like I'm pretty adequately covered for life insurance. Mm-hmm. I've got disability insurance. I've got an umbrella policy. I've got a homeowner's policy. I've got car car insurance. I've got other insurances on uh, on various things that you I got. Own. You got a retirement plan. I've got a retirement plan. Mm-hmm. I've got a savings account. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I've got an investment account. Mm-hmm. I've got uh, custodial accounts for my children. Mm-hmm. I do all this stuff. There you go. There you go. So, you know, that adds some validity mm-hmm. to the words, or it should have right. some validity mm-hmm. to the words. Yeah. And it also, if, if I realize, let's say I realize you have a, a will, mm-hmm. and you let me read yours. You send me an email mm-hmm. copy of it. Yep. So I open the attachment, mm-hmm. and I read it, and I look in there, and, well, Bubba has a trust. Yeah. Do I need one, too? Do I have one of those? You may or may not. May not need one? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. But again, uh, talking with a professional uh, mm-hmm. and discussing those things, uh, mm-hmm. you'll you'll kind of determine whether or not you'll need one. All right. So I'm looking at your will, and I see Bubba's got a trust. I also mm-hmm. see Bubba's got this thing called a power of attorney and a health care mm-hmm. directive. Uh, he's he's been preaching that to yeah. me. There seems mm-hmm. to be some, some consistency here. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Once I actually look at it, it ain't that complicated. It's not. No, it isn't. But it sounds like it. It does. An estate plan. Mm-hmm. An uh, intervivos trust. Mm-hmm. A testamentary trust. Mm-hmm. 
uh, an irrevocable life insurance trust. Sure. All of those things sound complicated. Mm-hmm. And and they are complicated matters. But again, I think talking with a financial advisor, financial planner mm-hmm. that you can relate to and that can explain these two things to you mm-hmm. and why you would need those particular types of things in an estate plan, mm-hmm. I think makes all the sense in the world. So we've talked about you know the fact that 67% of us do not have a mm-hmm. written financial plan and a number of the reasons that we don't. Mm-hmm. Number one, the cost. Yeah. Number two, the what seems to be the complication of it. Mm-hmm. Number three, the the mystery of right. it. Uh, number four, I don't necessarily have anybody I can trust to talk me through this. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are a number of reasons that sure. seem valid mm-hmm. for why people haven't done this. That's right. Here's another response we get. I'm too young. I disagree wholeheartedly. Really? Yeah. How about this? I'm going to come see you, Bubba, when I have some money. Come see me so that you'll have some money. <laughs> so you'll have some yeah. money. All right. Let me think of another objective I have. I don't have the time. Uh, you know, you, How much time is this going to take? You spend more time planning your vacation every year than you do fin- uh, your finances. So I'm going to come up with these objections, and you're mm-hmm. going to be able to... Right. Respond, and that sounds really salesy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And here's another thing: I can do this on my own. I don't need mm-hmm. you. Maybe you can. Yeah. But here's one response I have to that: Will you do it on your own? Will you do it on your own? And if you start doing it on mm-hmm. your own because you don't do this every day, mm-hmm. how long is it going to take you? Right. Because most of the time, they can come spend an hour or two with us, and we're done. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Really think about well, that. Well, initially, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we're done writing the plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We can actually give you some financial planning mm-hmm. software where right. you can see it and touch it and play mm-hmm. with it every day if you want to. Sure. If you're geeky and you're into IT, mm-hmm. that's pretty cool too. Mm-hmm. So I hope we have addressed the fact that you need a financial plan. You need it written. You need to be thinking about it. You need some professional to help you through it. And it's not that mysterious. From the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. discussion and content expressed by the host of the Advisors Roundtable are intended to be received as news, educational, and entertainment or unit items and are not to be accepted by the listener as legal, investment, insurance, or tax advice. Opinions and views will be expressed by guests of the Advisors Roundtable and those opinions and views are those of the guests alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Advisors Roundtable host or any of its affiliated radio stations. All information provided is educational in nature and is not intended to be acted upon without first consulting the 
appropriately licensed professional of your choosing. Before acting upon any information obtained during an advisor's roundtable broadcast, an individual should understand matters are extremely tax-specific and require advice tailored to individual facts and needs. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Andrew Labus are registered representatives of S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated. Securities offered through S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Ignite Planters, LLC. Ignite Planters, LLC is not affiliated with S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated. 